you are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. This is the year of critical roles. Chapter 4. The Year of Viola. Part 2. July. Back to reality. Tutoring. Dorm room. Thesis, thesis, thesis. Library, library, library. Footnotes. So many footnotes. Never leave the footnotes until this late in the process. Coffee. Chocolate. No sleep. August. Viola was thinking about Pandora. She was usually thinking about Pandora. The mythological figure at the heart of her thesis. The first woman of Greek mythology. Protector of the jar. Guardian of the real. Viola was not expecting Medusa. She tripped over her feet on the pavement, staring into a shop that was apparently mostly lamps and throw cushions. Lamps, throw cushions, and Medusa the snake-haired gorgon. A terracotta statue glazed in turquoise, surrounded by home furnishings as part of a frankly spectacular window display. Viola knew that statue, not only because it used to sit in her ex-boyfriend's kitchen, but also because the face was her own. Somehow she couldn't take her eyes off Medusa, off her own stony gaze. So many questions. Then a shop girl twitched a bone-white curtain aside to adjust some of the throw cushions and stared at Viola, caught in her gorgon gaze. Hebe Hallow. You work here now? Viola asked once she made it inside the store. She didn't really have to ask the question. The whole place felt like Hebe's magic, warm and inviting, like a cup of tea balancing perfectly on the curved arm of a comfortable chair. I do, said Hebe. Where are you living? I haven't seen you at the house since I've been back. Not that Viola herself was there constantly. The thesis didn't allow her to have much of a social life. When it all got too much, though, when she was feeling lonely or frustrated or sick of the sight of the footnotes, she'd walk the few blocks to see if May, Holly or Juniper were around to share a cup of hot chocolate and listen to her complain. Chauve was rarely in when she called by to the point she didn't even bother to go to the upper floor anymore. Though there was usually a book or a t-shirt to steal from Sage to make the trip worthwhile. Still, she had a point to make. She had never seen Hebe there. I know, said Hebe, with an awkward laugh. You know how it is. Real life, not real, real, just ordinary job stuff. It's hard to keep up with everyone. We're never in the same place at the same time. You should come to their stupid game nights, Viola said, eyeing a pair of particularly soft cushions, the same shade as Medusa's glaze. That's what they're for. Since when does Deck supply homeware shops? Well, that's how I found this place, said Hebe, or it found me, I suppose. Aurora loves Deck's work. She leased some of his statues for window displays, and... She shrugs and smiles, more awkward than this conversation really deserves. 
Viola wonders why. Here I am. Are you fucking? Viola asked before thinking about it. Hebe blushed hard and looked quietly horrified. Then she lifted her, ch- her chin. That's not really any of your business. Fair point, says Viola. So no, then. It's complicated. Not especially. Viola shook her head. I'm not going to turn you to stone. That, at least, made Hebe laugh. I'd forgotten you're nice sometimes. Maybe because you see an angry Gorgon version of me at work every day? Viola rolled her eyes. You should go to their stupid game night, she said again. They miss you. Hebe bit her lip. You're right. I didn't mean to stay away so long. I just wanted a bit of space to figure myself out without all the noise. Believe me, says Viola. I get it. Look how far I went. OMG, says Hebe, and there she is, that same little nerd with the big eyes, who seduced Ferd with her weird down-to-earth normality. I can't believe I didn't ask you about Paris. How was it? It was everything, says Viola. And perhaps because she knows Hebe isn't spending much time around the group these days, she finds herself confessing the things she hasn't said to any of them, not yet. I can't wait to go back. September. Thesis. Rinse. Repeat. Elvish, Viola said, not quite believing it. Elvish. Professor M leaned back in her chair, regarding Viola with her steady green-eyed gaze. I think you'll find a great deal of scholarship on Prometheus, and The Origins of Magic was published in the 1970s in a variety of obscure elvish journals that you do not appear to have referenced in your footnotes. Those papers have never been translated, said Viola, and they're fifty years old. And she thought she had gotten away with not having to learn bloody elvish. Nevertheless, a doctoral thesis is expected to demonstrate a wide reading across the entire chosen subject. Professor Medius tapped the desk with a single burgundy fingernail. You don't want your examiners to be asking themselves the question, does she even know about the Elvish papers? Do you? Viola closed her eyes for just a moment and imagined the entire university bursting into flames, orange and purple and all shades of scorched earth. Elvish, she said, in a voice that was remarkably steady, given the circumstances. All right then, I guess I'd better learn Elvish. October. The hex wig is a bit much, but Viola couldn't resist it when she saw it in the window of the costume shop. The snakes come alive and wriggle around hissing when you say the key word fierce out loud. It's stupid, but she's been looking forward to this all week. She's been moving from library to library, grinding through the latest wave of corrections. She's so tired she never wants to look at another book again. Why did she think there was a future for her in academia? So yeah, she's been hanging on all week purely because of her plans to show off her stupid snake wig at game night. Medusa was supposed to be a one-shot villain, 
but Viola's first appearance last month worked so well with the storyline. May keeps adding more backstory and character connections. Viola has a suspicion that the plan is to redeem Medusa and have her join the main Cake Wizards party as a regular player character. She's going to have to say no. She doesn't want to say no. She honestly can't commit to coming every week. And after December, well, everything's going to be different. And back, by popular acclaim, Medusa the Snake-Headed Gorgon! Woohoo! OMG, by Vale. That is amazing! It's embarrassing how much she needed this. It's not embarrassing at all how fabulous she looks in a wig of live snakes. And now she's gonna murder them all. So fun! We're not children, May. And yet, the lockbox for your phones was necessary. Fifteen minute break only, people. We have a ravine to burn down. Sage and Viola reach for their phones at the same time. She sees immediately she has three missed calls from Paris, visible on her screen. Their eyes meet briefly and she makes a run for it. Just getting some air, I'll be back. You'd better be, May yells after her. So here she is, sitting in the little backyard, still wearing her Medusa wig, frantically trying to get a call through to the Académie de Sorcières. Finally, she reaches Emile at the desk. Why are they even working on what must be a Saturday morning for them? And gets put through to Professor Poitier. The conversation is brief but informative. And it's only after she is disconnected that Viola feels sage nearby his magic sparking against her own. Fire and fire. You don't have to eavesdrop, you can just ask. I didn't hear what you were saying. He grumbles but comes to sit next to her, passing her a can of Beltane. She got addicted to this stuff in France, and unlike lemon croissant and all the best cheeses, you can buy it here. You can ask, she says again more gently. Sage shrugs. Not much to ask. It's obvious they'd want you back. Belladonna you is too small for you, Viola Vale. The world is your shark chum. It feels weird to be thinking about job offers when I'm not done yet, she says. Like you're not going to do brilliantly? Come on. Still feels too soon. Never too soon to think about your career. She eyes him suspiciously. There's something about his tone. How's honours going, Sage? There was a bidding war for you, wasn't there? I hope Demthormfen is working out. He gives her a savage, biting smile. Bit late to change my mind, isn't it? Viola keeps pressing. She's not sure why, as he clearly isn't comfortable talking about it, but who else is he going to talk to about this? She's the only one of all of them who has kept going this far into academia. Are you going to continue on? Get your doctorate? Not at this university. This time it sounds more like a snarl. Viola blinks, surprised. Sage? Forget it. What's going on? You don't have time for this shit. It's fine. It's not fine. A cold feeling spreads over her. Is this something to do with, you know, New Year's? 
she'd left the country to get away from the stares and the looks. She was reasonably cushioned in her own department, because Professor M never had time for all the basilisk board politicking, and was such an institution in the department of the real, she got away with it. Viola's own father and Jules's mother and grandfather weren't exactly the cuddliest of allies, but they turned against the Chauvelins the second it was revealed that their actions risked their own heirs. No one has even mentioned the Chauvelin scandal to Viola since she returned from France. She knows there have to be members of the board who are angry at how the Chauvelins were brought down, but she's been protected from any petty acts of bureaucratic vengeance. If she'd given any thought to how the arrest of the Chauvelins might affect Sage, she would have assumed he was in a similar position, but that was her forgetting her privilege again, wasn't it? Sage didn't have the same support system Viola did. The snobby department of demonstrative thaumaturgical phenomena had been willing to overlook Sage's colourful background and lack of basilisk breeding because he was brilliant. But was it enough to protect him? Surely Jules would have told her if Sage was having trouble, but she hasn't seen Jules in ages. Chauve, she has to talk to Chauve, if only they could have this conversation in two months' time when she has time for it. As Professor Fordyce, as a supervisor, she tries. Sage stands up, holding out a hand to pull her to her feet. They got rid of him, he says calmly. Don't worry, Vale. I won't go so easily. He drops a kiss on the top of her head. Seriously, put it out of your head. <laughs> you have a thesis to finish. So do you, she says pointedly. An honest thesis is a fraction of a doctorate, but it's not nothing. Sage shrugs. The world's bigger than Belladonna you, isn't it? November. Footnotes. Semicolons. Headers and footers. Do I need to completely rewrite chapter three? Thesis meetings. More footnotes. Job offers. Don't read the job offers. Calls from Paris. Don't think about Paris. Worry about Sage. You don't have time to think about Sage. Messages to Ferdinand Chauvelin that are ignored. All of them. December. Viola! Bail, bail, bail! Viola! Maybe she can't hear us. Oh, she can hear us. Sound of a window flying up. You assholes! She heard us. It is the night before my thesis is due. The night before. I have six hours to check every fucking comma. What on earth do you two clowns want that is so important? We want you to come out and play. Nightshade, you knob. That's not going to convince her. No, you're drunk. I'm shutting this window. Wait, Vale, Viola, this is important. So important. Chauve, you've barely spoken a word to me all year. Jules has ghosted me for months. What exactly can be so important that you need my attention now, right now, on the most important night of my career? We have to save Belladonna you. And Sage. I think possibly we have to save Belladonna you from Sage. 
Long pause. Hold my broom for me. I'm coming out the window. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheep Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week.